0: Well, see, the funny part is I get told so often that, Daryl, you're not approachable. Daryl, you're intimidating.
1: I have been told I'm not approachable, and therefore the women your mother warned you about is, that's one of the reasons why it was born, because people might not find me approachable.
2: Rachel, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm apparently definitely not approachable.
0: <laughs> so, So the three of us are... As
2: <laughs> well, I don't think that I'm an asshole. One, two, three, one. Welcome
1: to the women your mother warned you about, Daryl.
0: Thank you, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Buckle up. I hope you know what you're in for. Let's. Just... I have
0: no idea what I'm in for, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I'm looking forward to the version that I didn't see on stage. Where there's colorful Ooh. language and stuff.
2: Well, you know, it's funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask you if you have pants on and what kind are they?
0: I do have pants on. They're they're black denim jeans. <laughs> oh. So I got the full ensemble here. Uh, I'm not wearing cargo shorts. Let's go with that. Okay? So there we go.
2: The reason I asked Daryl that is because at Outbound, he made a very good point about what we all have been wearing over the last, you know, during the pandemic. During Zoom calls, there's no telling if one has pants on or not.
0: Yes. I may have gone on stage wearing not wearing pants. Let's go with that. We'll leave it right there. Not wearing pants, but looking very good from the waist up.
1: You, you just it's look true. good, period, Daryl.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is why I, I sometimes <laughs> like you, Gina.
1: I, I was thinking about you recently. And um.
0: Oh. I'm
1: like, Daryl loves to pick on me. And that is a sign of love.
0: My wife tells acquaintances, colleagues, even employees. She says, "If Daryl doesn't pick on you, then you should be worried. That's 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 the sign. So that's true."
1: <sighs> Sorry, Rachel. He don't it's like just you. So Rachel
0: feels better. So- Rachel, you're stupid. <laughs> there we go. Okay, how's that?
2: So, are you a bully? Then you just like to no. pick on people. Well, see,
0: the funny part is, I get told so often. That Daryl, you're not approachable. Daryl, you're intimidating, really? and I'm like, have you seen me? I'm five foot eight with a good set of shoes. I I'm like got a Santa Claus beard and hair. Please, for the love of God, tell me what is not approachable about what this. What
1: is not approachable about you? I don't know, but I hear them. You know what, Daryl? Here's here's the thing. You know, Rachel and I have heard. Well, okay, I'm not talking for Rachel. Let, let's talk about me. I have been told I'm not approachable and therefore the women, your mother warned you about is that's one of the reasons why it was born because people might not find me approachable. Rachel, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I'm apparently definitely not approachable.
0: (laughs) So, so the three of us are just assholes.
2: (laughs) Well, I don't think that I'm an asshole. Although I might vote on that. It makes us women
1: your mother warned you about, which brings us to a very important question. Right, Rachel?
0: Yes. And I mean, we met for the first time at Outbound, right? And you didn't scare me away.
2: Oh, that's good. That's well, because I didn't marry you.
0: <laughs> but you could. Wait a
2: second. I didn't marry you. And I'm afraid of you. I? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you also didn't hire me so.
0: Well, kind of, sort of. <laughs>
2: Not you, Daryl. Oh, <laughs> we all know about you. <laughs> oh my God! There's a point to this show. I'm really fantastic. I'm really fantastic. No. Um, <laughs> so, Daryl, the yes. question we're getting at is: Okay, how would you describe a woman your mother warned you about? You see,
0: my mom. God bless her. She uh, she passed just before I got married, and I was 20, just turning 22. And she was from the wrong side of the track. She was, she was a hundred pounds soaking wet, wearing, wearing a winter parka, And she was, you know, maybe five foot. And so she was not an intimidating, imposing figure yet. She would kick the living crap out of anybody who wronged her. She did not put up with anything. So I'm trying to think, is there a woman that my mom would say, beware of and candidly, My mom was that woman, you know, she was a fighter. She uh, true story. I remember coming home. I was about five years old and and I'd had a disagreement and I guess they had called the home. And my mom, my mom literally asked me, why didn't you slug him one? Why didn't Mm -hmm. you punch him? Five years old. I'm like, well, mom, I'm using my words. You know, we got, I got words. <laughs> I can use words. I'm five years old. That's my mom. So I think the only women my mom would ever warn me about is somebody who didn't respect me or didn't treat me the way she thought her boy should be treated. Mm. Other than that, I don't care what color, what nationality, how feisty, how poor, how rich you are. She would welcome me in with warm and big arms. Just treat treat her family with respect
2: i love your mom yeah i'm sorry she passed that's okay
0: she's uh you know it is life
2: it is none of us is getting out of here alive is one thing that i am reminded of pretty often no
0: in the in the weirdest part i honestly and I, don't, I don't want to go on a morbid sidetrack but the weirdest part for me was when i woke up one day and i turned to my wife and i was 40 she was 48 when she died i turned to my wife i was 48 next number of days the same number of days i turned to her and i said I die today. If I'm my mom, that was a weird ass moment. So, and then I remember when I turned 50 next number of days, I turned to my wife and I said, you die today. If you're my spouse, those were some life changing moments. That's it. That's it. I just want to share that with you. No point, no purpose. We're done. Let's move on.
1: Fantastic. Let's, let's
2: move on and talk more about you.
0: Come on, Tremarko. Let's
2: go. I, I've got something that when I was review, I was, you know, spying on you.
0: Let's you call
2: it. Let's, me call again? it. Let's, let's, let's call it. it All right. But this is a quote that was included oh, no. in. in. No, it's a good one, Daryl. Okay. I, I don't never, know if I, you I, actually I say said a lot. it. I don't know if you said it, but it was okay. included in your like notes about Daryl. Okay. Success starts with telling the world you're a success. And that you can help them. Yep. Did you say yep. that or did you not say that?
0: I, uh, that's a probably a paraphrase, but that's the gist, right? It's, yeah. it, it goes back to mindset. We talk about mindset a lot. If you have the mindset that you're not a success, you're in the mindset you're going to lose, you have the mindset that you suck, then it's a self fulfilling prophecy. I mean, right? I, I, I spent more of my career in marketing than I have in sales, but there's an expression that applies to both crafts, which is perception is reality. Right. So Mm -hmm. how people perceive you is 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 how they will treat you. So if you project success, they will they will treat you as a success. That's one of the things I say to so many people. I I had so many people come up to me, Outbound was a good example. They're like, but you're Daryl. Like you're Daryl Prill. I didn't
2: know know who you were when I met you. I was like, who's this guy? I don't know. (laughs) You I seemed know. approachable, but I didn't know you were important. And then later I was like,
0: oh shit, he's important. I should have been nicer. Yeah, but the reality is it's that's just a projection. I'm like, listen, you know, you just project that you're smart, even if you're not, you know, you say it with confidence, and life yes. is good to you. So yeah, the a- reason
2: that I brought that up and I thought it was so powerful is because Gina and I talk with a lot of our guests about the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and and I just thought it was so on point to what we talk about oftentimes because yep. we forget sometimes with our level of skill, even if you're new in whatever it is that you're selling or providing, you still know more than the people who are seeking you out. And if you pr- put yourself out there as a success and a knowledgeable person in your field and that you can help somebody... You just start by helping somebody like and we just get bogged down of like, oh, that person has more experience than me or a better like landing page, <laughs> like, you know.
0: So, yeah, the, the whole imposter syndrome is um, I mean, it's rampant, right? We all suffer yeah. from it. Something fierce. My wife even says to me at times, she's like, because I have changed jobs and I may every time I change jobs, I may have. It's just, I may have packaged myself up with this, uh, suggesting, implying I have a certain skill set, a certain tenure, or a certain capacity that I might have been generous on and, and a little bit liberal with my presentation of my abilities. And she's like, how can you do that? You're lying. Now, my <laughs> wife is sweet as hell, right? I'm kind of in that line. I'm presenting what's possible. Smoking. All right? I'm not going to say I'm a brain surgeon because I'm not. That's not possible, but right. I am going to say, you know, I can do this or I can do that. Cause I know my, my, I know my skills. Plus I'm, I, I'm surrounded by people like Rachel and Gina mm-hmm. who know their skills are and are connected to me. And if I need help, I can secretly go to them and say, guys, what do I do here? I don't know what to do. And they will help me. Yeah. So yeah, there's a little Ooh, bit of that I, for
1: sure. That, that actually reminds me of an improv thing that I would teach my performers Their job as improv performers on stage was to know a little about a lot. And it was, you could call it a smoke and mirrors thing, but when we get on stage and the audience gives us a suggestion about something, they want to see it played out. And sometimes you get that suggestion. You have no idea what they're talking about. Like hydroponics. Yeah, True story. Still don't know what it is, but had to do something with it. It's not that
0: it's not that <laughs> it's not sm- it's growing plants with water.
1: Was, right, right. All I knew is I'm like, high, no soil. Hi, right, right. Right. Rachel's smoking a pretend um, medically medic medical marijuana is what she's pretending yes. to do right now. <laughs> That's right. Um, I wonder if they'll give me some of that for my knee. <laughs> so, so we, our job was to know a little about a lot And the performers would get really frustrated. Like, well, you know, I don't watch TV, so I don't know what's going on in current events. I'm like, well, then watch a little bit of TV. (laughs) I don't know. Like get on TMZ, know some common celebrity things, know a little bit about a lot. You don't have to master it. You just have to know a little bit.
0: So the advice I gave both (laughs) my kids growing up over and over and over again, and they used to roll their eyes on me, they don't anymore was like, Guys, you need to read the news. You need to follow sports. You don't need to be a sports diehard. I don't need to know the stats in every player, but I need to know that oh Milwaukee just won the NBA championships first time since 1971.
1: Or or know all that right? in baseball you use a bat to hit a ball. I mean you use a bat to hit a ball. That's all I know. That's
0: right. RBI seems where runs battery. Yeah.
1: But you know, other than that, exactly. Who's on first? That's it.
0: Who's on first? Right. There you go. Abbott and Costello, by the way, right? Exactly. These are the kind of things pop culture. Right but you don't, you just need to be aware. And I said, and they're always like, well, why? And I'm like, because life is about relationships and what you're looking for in any new relationships is a method to connect. And I said, so there's two things you need to know in relationships. One, you can connect on hydroponics or the Milwaukee box and sound a little bit like this, right? Just a little bit, to get going. And I said, the second thing, if you ever want to connect above and beyond having just a little bit of knowledge is to ask questions. So that's why anybody who asks questions is awesome at sales. And the questions are never about you, they're about them. So I'm like, I'm like, I remember saying to my son, when he started dating, I'm like, you remember he said to me, I got to meet the parents. I'm kind of freaked out. So this is easy. You just go to the mom and say, you know, what do you do? Tell me a bit about that. Do you like it? How long have you been doing that? What's the best part of your job? I said, go to the dad, do the exact same thing. I said, and shut up. And I said, and they will talk and talk and talk because people like to talk about themselves. So I said, you know, a little bit of news. You ask a few little questions. I said, and life will take care of itself. And they've come back now. And they said, yeah, you were right. Mm -hmm. But
1: uh, meanwhile, the parents, the parents of those boyfriends or girlfriends are like, what a nice
0: what a nice young man.
2: Yeah. He's yeah. so nice. Pro pro tip for knowing about the news is if I, I don't watch the news and I do have a grasp on what's going on because you can just get on Twitter and yes. see what's trending and the top five, you know what's going on for the day. Yeah. Or if you hop on Facebook and scroll around and everybody's talking about something, it's probably worth just knowing a little bit about. I always know about the big stuff because you can't avoid it if you're like looking around in that manner of like what's going on rather than, you know, trying to get too deep into everybody's life. I just kind of look for an overview, which Twitter's good for that.
0: So what I do, I'm a, I'm a, i am ai am I am a bit of a news junkie, if self it. but if you want that high level, I read it another great resource, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You can go, you want to go to the, our news. There's the it's concept. not,
1: I read it. Everybody, it's Reddit.
0: It's not I read it. No, it's that's a whole R-E-D-D-I. different thing. R- yes, you got D- it. Okay,
2: R- I'm not in that deal.
0: So, you know, I love something like our politics especially because it's mostly American politics. <laughs> I just sit in there, read it, and I, I find it the most entertaining thing going on ever. So there you go.
2: Yeah, I, you make a really good point. And, uh, you know, I was c- conducting an experiment about listening and asking questions. Uh, gosh, it must have been last night. I was sitting at um sitting at the front desk manning the desk at the dance studio and i was like there's a bunch of girls around that are like alumna and i just didn't say anything i just listened and then i'd ask a question and then listen i i like they, i had no input i just listened and listen and listen boy they kept going forever and ever because they yeah. just Like you said, Daryl, people love to talk about themselves and you get so far and they think you're the most amazing person if all you literally, if you don't talk about yourself at all and just ask questions.
1: And here's some words from our sponsor, Jeb Blunt at Sales Gravy.
3: Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe hone their sales skills at Sales Gravy University. You see, Salesforce University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world, including Gina's spontaneous selling course, which is worth checking out. Now, I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on SalesGravy University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com, that's learn.salesgravy.com, or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com, pick out your course, and when you check out, use coupon code FREECOURSE to get that course for free. That is FREECOURSE to get your very first course for free.
0: Now I want to, I want to say something really complimentary towards Rachel. Do yeah. You know what Rachel just did folks? She said, alumna, she was talking about the girls and she said, alumna. Did you know that alumna is for women and alumni is for dudes?
2: Yes. I looked it up the other day. Rachel actually.
0: is <laughs> a rock star. Nice so there job. we go. I'm Thank sorry. You.
2: Thank you. There I we I,
0: I'm not saying anything nice about Gina, but Rachel rocks.
2: You never say anything nice about me, but <laughs>
1: no, I don't like you. I
0: know.
2: And people say I'm just a dumb blonde dancer. Here we are. I just got I got alumna right.
1: There you go. Some people say I'm a mean Italian. Mm -hmm. And they're right.
0: Hey, by the way, congratulations. Your team won the World Cup, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did.
1: Woo. Woo. Viva Italia.
0: Football. (laughs) That's going back to more news. You see, I don't actually follow football or soccer, but I knew they won. And now Regina thinks I'm really into her. Wait, wait, wait. This
1: is here's the best part. I had no idea. And I just <laughs> yes handed you as positively as I could as oh, if that's
0: great.
2: That's great. As if I knew. See that so, and you uh, believed me. <laughs>
0: Our whole relationship is superficial. This is we great. have the
2: title of this podcast. It's called "How to Fake It." <laughs> <laughs> but
0: if fake it, you make it. How to fake it. it.
2: But it's true. I mean, that's who a good else title for this you guys episode. Have, have you ever walked into a room and someone comes <laughs> up to you and they say they start talking to you? They're like, "Hey, Gina. Oh my gosh, I saw on Facebook. No, 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 no." And they start talking to you. They know all about you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you're like, like "Who
1: the f? Are who are you? the
2: fuck are you?" I I have no idea. Okay. Hey, it's so good to see you. Hearty handshake. Like, oh yeah. How's how's how is everybody?
0: I do this all the time. The good news is, is that when I'm with, you know, back pre-COVID times and we actually had, you know, networking functions stuff. If my wife was ever with me, she knows me so well, when someone would be walking towards me, she would just lean into me and say, you know, oh, that's that's Gina. And I'm like, thanks, right? Because I, I, she's, she's awesome that way. But my problem is now there's so many people who follow me online and they see my stuff and it's like we they, they connect with my content. So it's that classic. They they identify with me. So it's like we're best buds. Daryl, how are yeah. you? And it's like they expect you to know who they are. Yes. And, I, and they don't talk. And then like 10 minutes later, they're like, oh, by the way, I'm Susie. Hi, Susie. <laughs> Good. I'm not an idiot this time.
1: Hey, it, um, it's the struggle is real. It is real. I was doing a training this morning with a private client and there were like 60 of them. And I was giving someone a hard time because they forgot to mute themselves. And she's like, oh, I got to sit here for two hours. Oh, my God. And I'm like, that's right you are going to sit here for two hours or you, and she's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like, I'm just kidding. I'm like, I don't care. You can, she's like, I love you. Like you're my favorite. I mean, I like, I love you, Gina. And I'm like, who are you? That's not
2: what she just said. (laughs) But
1: but she's like, but I love all the stuff you do. I'm like, how do you know? What's this is our first training session. How do, but I, I realized that she had seen me in some other training session with some other company, yada, yada. But The point is that people do know you and follow you, and you just oh, that poor woman. I made her feel something.
2: Whoops, that's good. (laughs) I'm like that's
1: good. And then at like at like the hour point, it was a two hour session. I'm like, all right, we're an hour in. Everybody, stand up, especially for those of you who have a pain in your butt, and they kind of laughed at me.
2: (laughs) Anyway, we know what my other favorite is that people do when they walk up to you. Sometimes they'll find out like, "Oh, Daryl, you're from Ottawa. Do you know John Henry?" That <laughs> yes. I've got a cousin, yes. John Henry, that lives in Ottawa. Do you
0: know? You know? Do you know? And remarkably, one in three times I actually do, which is really scary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I and I, I get that across Canada. Oh, you're from Canada. Do you know <laughs> Sally from Calgary? <laughs> No, I don't know Sally. Gagger. <laughs> but I'm sure she's a wonderful person. Don't
2: you Canadians all know each other? I mean, there's
0: that's not right. a lot. Oh, that's yeah. what I
2: hear about
1: Chicago. Oh, you're from Chicago. Yeah. Oh, my cousin's sister's friend lives somewhere over there. Do you know? Do you know her? I'm like, where do
2: they
0: live? Should yeah. I, I know her? No. In I'm, Chicago.
2: I'm pretty sure I've never done that to someone. So if I have, I apologize for being dumb.
0: That's uh, okay. They mean well. It's They, sweet. Do. they
2: do. It's connection. Exactly. Back then I went to Second City. People were like, Do
1: you know anybody from Saturday Night Live? Oh no. It's a factory. A lot of people take classes there. Nope. Although I do, true story, I do know some of the people, but I don't know like all the people. So anyway, we digress. Let's let's get back on track here because we want our listeners to know more about my good friend. I mean, Rachel's good friend, Daryl,
0: Rachel rocks. She can speak Rachel. French.
1: <laughs> Do you guys want to have good. a little conversation in French? I can wait.
0: No, I, my French sucks, but I can understand it much better than I can speak it. So she was speaking to me.
2: Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. it's, it's a, okay. yeah.
0: It's a classic Quebec thing, right? Because especially because I actually live in Ontario. All right. So and the offices are at, I say Ottawa. Technically, our offices in Rachel, you know, this are in Gatineau or Hall. So we're we're there's a river that divides us, but like one big metropolitan area. Part of it's half French, half uh, uh, gets Ontario, to know. English. Gatineau, you, know. Know. you got it. <laughs> so whenever we come, like whenever I'm in Gatineau at the office, I'll go, you know, to the local, you know, lunch sandwich shop, and I'll order something. And it doesn't matter who it is; they'll speak to you in French. You speak to them in English, and everybody's all cool. We all that's that's just how it works, nonstop. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Anyway,
0: well, Gina, get to know me. Okay, I'm I'm, feeling, I'm, okay, I feel so like you're, you're not, you're not you're, focused I, here. I, I, I am. If you guys would stop
2: talking
1: French. Okay. So for our audience who doesn't know you, which is very few. That's okay. Not that our audience is very few. I'm saying that within our audience, it's very few that that don't know you. So for yes. those who don't know Daryl Prail, he's chief revenue officer of Vanilla Soft, the industry's most established sales engagement platform, and is an accomplished award-winning marketer, a sales world top 50 keynote speakers, a 2020 top SaaS branding expert. Were you actually out in 2020? Okay, we'll talk about that later. A top 19 B2B marketer to watch in 2019, a social media influencer, a category leading podcaster. We're in the same... We're in the same little category.
0: Like, sit kin.
1: And a serial entrepreneur, Dale has raised, this is what I love, has raised almost a hundred million in venture capital, acquired, merged, and taken companies public, been hired and fired, and worked for companies of all sizes. Whew. I'm so like ecstatic to be part of this world with you. See, I
2: didn't even know you were that important until right now.
0: See the see you're getting confused with the marketing. Remember, my I, my marketing roots come out right, so mm-hmm. you just got to ignore that stuff.
1: Well, I love the part somewhere here. It says you're a veteran vice president of marketing and an occasional vice president of sales. I want to know what the occasional vice president of sales is.
0: Sure, I mean, as I alluded to earlier, I've spent way more time in senior marketing roles than I have in senior sales mm-hmm. roles, and uh, but this all began. I mean, so my background is I. <laughs> I'm a computer programmer. That's what my education is. And uh, after I finished university and I watched all my really cool friends who in year one by year three were were total, had become nerds and geeks. And I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. Uh, my first job, I was selling photocopiers because I'm not going to be coding. Okay. What am I doing? And I sucked at that for three, for after six months, I sucked at that. But boy, talk about learning lots of life lessons, going door to door, trying yeah. to hawk your wares to, you know, mechanics and lawyers and paralegals and everything else. Um, and I went back to coding and I did that for upwards of six years. And then I got from there into sales. I became a sales engineer, then product manager, product marketer, marketing, and then went back into sales and marketing and back and forth. So I've been both jobs. I specialize more in the marketing side for one simple reason. I liked them both. I was reasonable at both. I hated quotas. Mm-hmm. So in sales, Right, you go to the end of your quarter, and or month or year, you're like, yes, I've done it, I hit my number, and the very next day you're back to zero again, and and they're all over your ass saying, what have you done for me now? And I'm like, I just, I just, I just, I don't care, what have you done for me now? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I said, I don't need this anxiety all over me nonstop, this anchor. So I went more marketing, but then I kept getting what kept on happening. True story over and over again was in companies I work at, the, uh, the sales leader would eventually not work out. Let's go with that. They would not work out. And then I would be given the job of doing sales and marketing or be doing mm. sales. Just like at Vanilla's I was hired as a chief marketing officer in July 1st of last year, things didn't work out. Let's go with that. <laughs> and then I was appointed CRO. You see a trend here. So, mm. but it was interesting because I haven't had a sales role in a bet you 10 years an actual active, bag carrying quota owning mm-hmm. role in probably 10 years. And, uh, and that was my one concern was with the quota, the grind of the quota get to me. And I don't know if it's an age thing now. It doesn't bother me at all anymore. I'm yeah, it's quota. It is what it is. What
1: was the turning point that it didn't bother you anymore? I think this is important for anybody in sales who's listening because I coach a lot of people in sales and that that grind of the quotas is, is real on them.
0: So I can answer that question. One of the things that was my mandate when I took on the job was in, so, you know, I had some conditions, right? I, I don't mind sharing them. A couple of conditions where I will take the job if I'm allowed to hire talent anywhere in the world that I think is the right fit because culture is everything. Um, and that I had, that I want to make a sales enablement and a rev ops team as part of the whole over, you know, the organization. And I was given all that freedom. And, uh, so there's a couple things, um, with revenue ops. So, you know, those people who look at all your workflows, your operations, your tech stack, all that kind of stuff, right? Both sales and marketing, um, and you don't need a no rev ops for this to apply to you. I'm just giving you the background. I can go to tools like salesforce.com now. And I know that we've got a proven sales methodology. So I know all the checks and balances and gates at each step of the way. And I know when I look at the pipeline, I know that it's gone through all this, this vetting, and it's been scrutinized five ways to Sunday because we hammer them on it nonstop, that it's real. The pipeline is relatively robust. So when they say it's going to close next month on the 15th, I'm 80% confident they're right. Maybe it'll slip a little bit, maybe come in early, but you know it's pretty close. So having that visibility into the pipeline right away says, okay, I'm old enough now to know that maybe I'm not hitting my number right now, but I know my pipeline's there and I know I'm going to get it. Or I know my pipeline's not there, but I know how to fix that. That's simply an activity thing. So I can control all this. So whether I'm an individual contributor or I'm a CRO or a VP of sales I can, all of these things, I have the exact same visibility into. So now this is all within my control. So the pipeline doesn't bother me anymore. Quota doesn't bother me anymore because I know it's, it's, it's right there. And the best part is if I see big red flags, I can go back to the leadership team, but I can say there's big red flags and, you know, here's all the numbers. So it's not me making it up. I'm not crying wolf. What do you want to do? Were our numbers Wrong. Do we have the wrong mixes figure it out. And I get that far in advance. So it's not like I'm on the last day of the month saying we're missing our numbers. So I can manage the message. So for those very reasons, I, ha- I have the tools, I have the visibility, I have the insights and I have the ability to engage the rest of the team to the part of the process. Those fears have gone, disappeared. So
1: it sounds like the fear is gone because the pipeline is full. No. Okay. I want to make is, sure is I, w- the- I want to understand this.
0: No, the pipeline is not always full, but when the pipeline's not full, I can see the pipeline's not full mm-hmm. and I know what I need to do okay. and I can see it far enough in advance, right? That's because the you thing.
1: have the tools to do
0: so. I have the tools, but it's not just that. I also have the disciplines. In other words, it's not like I think the pipeline's full and then 80% of my deals don't happen. That's just called bad sales qualification. Mm-hmm. That's what that mm-hmm. is, right? So I know that what I'm seeing in the pipeline is a pretty damn reasonable representation of the the deals. They've been vetted. They've gone through checks and balances and they've been, you know... The the rep has scrutinized the opportunity. The manager has scrutinized the opportunity. I've scrutinized the opportunity. My sales ops people have scrutinized the opportunity. So there's been enough eyeballs on it that it Mm -hmm. smells and looks and quacks like a duck, so to speak.
1: So I want to drill that down a little more because I think this is really important that salespeople sometimes miss the boat on this of knowing the validity of the opportunity. Bingo. And... And really calculating win probability, and and looking at that so that that they're they're putting that in the CRM and they're really looking at that, or are they just winging it and making up a number and throwing it in there, which then really screws up your pipeline? Is there mm-hmm. one or two nuggets of of information or or suggestions or advice that you can give salespeople on this of making sure that the what's in their pipeline it has validity to it?
0: Yeah. So a couple, and some of the stuff's going to sound really obvious, but it's really obvious because it's what you should be doing. And and if this sounds really obvious and you're still struggling, then the really obvious issue here is you. And I I say that with love. All right. So, Number 1, you need a sales methodology. I mean, it, it, you, I don't care which one it is. You can change methodologies. Mm-hmm. Are you into spin selling? Mm-hmm. Are you in the med pick? Whatever it might be, I don't care. Pick one. All right? But it's a process for it to force you to do that due diligence. What's the situation? What's the problem? What's the impact, right? What's the what's the need? You know, yada yada yada. What's the buying process, etc. So, You got to ask those questions. So the sales methodology drives your discovery, your qualification and discovery process. That's the first part. So if you have a sales methodology, that's great. Second thing is you've got to be the world's biggest cynic. All right. So most of you have happy years. Yeah, we're looking for, yeah, we have this pain. Great. You're at 90% of my pipeline. You know, on 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 the stage, you're you're at proposal stage. No, no, just because they have a problem doesn't mean you're the right solution. We want to. Why do they have that? I don't I don't believe you have a problem. That's the cynical part. So if I don't believe you, what I'm going to do? I'm going to I you know I come from was is, is it Missouri the show me state? Yeah. <laughs> um, where it's the whole say I'm sorry guys I'm Canadian. Um, where it's the whole idea of why? Well, why do you have a problem? Well, why is that a problem? But tell me about well why, you know why is that a problem? You know, it's nonstop why 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 why, why or some variations mm-hmm. thereof. Tell me more, explain to me, describe this, Ted, love Ted. So, you know, all those things of of vetting it. So if you follow methodology, if you're the world's biggest cynic and you vet it and you know what the checks and balances are, in other words, it can't move from this stage in the sales process to this stage, unless I've done all of these steps, if you follow all that, you're good, you're gold. If you don't follow that because you're lazy, because you're looking for shortcuts, or because it's a lot of work and I really don't feel like doing that right now, or because I'm afraid when I do that, my number is really small and my boss is going to yell at me, then either you shouldn't be in sales or you shouldn't work for that. You should be in sales. You just shouldn't work for that company. You're smiling, Gina. What are you smiling at? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> my dog is snoring at my feet is your dog snoring if i I put your dog to sleep
1: i'm hearing it in my head i'm like what is that that's my dog snoring
2: i know it's like sitting here going that wasn't as hilarious as i was 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 trying i thought it was quite insightful daryl but not hilarious no it was amazing
1: i'm i mean what kind of dog is it she's a
2: 14 year old shih tzu
0: A little sister, so she's got the jaw that protrudes over the the overbite or the underbite, what the hell it is.
1: No, you're thinking of a Pekingese.
0: Oh, we're going to see a dog. See, yeah, what Rachel just did. Like there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, look at that
2: cutie. Wake
0: up. There she is. She's 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 like, like, what the hell is going on? You
2: need to talk to my agent before putting me on camera.
1: (laughs) Okay. Anyway, that was really insightful. Thank you. I think.
0: No problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, hey, you never know what's going to happen on this show. I want to make sure that. that, that we get to talk about vanilla soft, what vanilla soft is, w- what it does so that our listeners who maybe have never heard of vanilla softs can, can know more,
0: know a little more now than they knew before. Exactly. All right. Can I, instead of talking about vanilla soft, can I talk about some common problems and bad habits that reps do? And then I'll tie it back to vanilla. That's soft. even better. Talk about the problem. Let's talk about the problems. All right. So let me ask you this, guys. Uh, Gina, Rachel, you're going to be, you you have to be honest. I want to ask you hard questions. Okay.
1: I got to be careful. My boss listens to this. No problem.
0: Uh, I know him personally. I can, I can cover for you (laughs) if there's a problem. All right. I got your back. Have you ever in your life when you're perhaps in your CRM or your spreadsheet or what have you have your list of your leads you have to follow up on, have you ever cherry picked in other words you didn't follow everybody in the list because you saw halfway down the list was this really big fat juicy name like ibm or microsoft or apple rachel's smiling have you guys ever cherry picked ever ever ever
1: yes yes
0: yes okay thank it
1: you it is my pet peeve though with other people that i have known that i'm like every lead is a lead
0: every lead's a lead and you know what you know what so sidebar what happens when you cherry pick because it's, t- you know, Hey, it's like, there's that beautiful chocolate bar, that pastry there. And I want to bite it now. All right. But it's like dessert. My wife, when I met her, her whole dinner order, when we would go out was driven by what was on the dessert menu first. All right. And she had her way, she would eat, start with dessert, but I like, know you got to eat the meal. So she would rush the meal to get to the dessert. So, but if she had her way, she would cherry pick the meal and go over to dessert. So I get it. Now, what happens when you cherry pick, just so you guys understand the consequences Mm -hmm. of your decisions, Mm -hmm. is that often you'll never go back to those leads that you jumped over in the list. You just never go back to them. And in fact, 48% of leads that come in, whether you found them or marketing gave them to you, never get contacted. So almost one in two never get contacted. All right. That's the first problem. Next problem.
2: I have anxiety.
0: I know. You're feeling it, right? Um, When you make a call or send an email or whatever. And you're in your CRM and it's up to you to make the follow-up task. Have you ever not made a follow-up task? Many Gina's times. A, I have. Many, not. many, many times. Okay. Or let's, let's say you did, you meet the follow-up task. You were a kick-ass sales rep. And then, you know, a week goes by and boom, it's on your list. And you see it come up on your list and you know, you've called this dude three times before and they never answered you. Have you ever skipped that and said, screw it? I know. They're not going to be there. So I'm not going to bother. Maybe. Yeah. Rachel,
2: <laughs> I have definitely done. I've done defi- all these things. I'm not even afraid of consequences of being honest about it. Gina's yeah. talking very softly, but it, I think that everyone probably does it to some measure. So keep that's, going. What else have all, we done wrong? Good. Wait, wait, wait. So can what, I, what can I throw a third
1: one? Yeah, go ahead. Have you it, not set a task for follow-up because you know you're not going to do it? So why set the task and have it pop yes. up in your email and disturb you with more emails? So don't even set the task. How about that? Exactly. Ooh.
0: I get it, because it's just the way it is. We're humans, right? We have feelings and emotions <laughs> and we get angry and frustrated. And that's why that way we just described there mm-hmm. is why the average person, when you the average rap, when you do reach out, reaches out two to three times on average to a before they give up on them. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, next question. Has marketing ever brought you a bunch of leads or somebody's brought you a list and you're going to, you'll, you'll get to that list shortly. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah, you're on it. And, and that list might've sat there for a week or two before you finally did it. And usually because somebody said, so what's going on with that list? And you go, oh list yeah, like I'm yeah. yeah. Guilty. We I had a that, meeting right?
2: with somebody who gave me a list and I'm not sure where the list went.
0: <laughs> there you go. So I get it. We've all done it. Who's that, who is that
2: meeting with it? You
0: a yeah. It was it with Jeb Blunt? That's what I want to know. It wasn't with Jeb. <laughs> there, good call.
2: <laughs> I'm going to sidestep that.
0: <laughs> is statistically, if you wait more than a day, forget it. They're gonna, they They've lost interest mm-hmm. in you. And typically if you wait more than an hour, you're chances drop like a rock.
1: This has been a hot topic lately. I'll just say
0: that. Okay. So there you go. All right. So these are all the bad habits I could go on. Um, What I can tell you is I didn't we only make two to three attempts. It's like branding, you know, that billboard you see down the street and you drive by it every single day. You never really see it. And finally a month later, you're like, Oh, where'd that billboard come from? It's like, you finally saw it. Right. So we need we as humans need to see something. Actually, we need to reach out on average nine to twelve times to a prospect before they finally go. Oh, look, this Rachel's been trying. To, I wonder who this Rachel person is. I think she keeps on trying to get a hold of me. Maybe I'll answer nine to twelve times, not, not two to three. So there we go. That's the stage. Those are the sins that we're all guilty of. That sets the stage for what Spinilla Soft is. And and I want to, you know, give kudos to my. Peers in the industry, we're not the only sales engagement vendor. You said we're the most established. That just means we're the oldest. We were around since two thousand four, two thousand five. Um, but there's other vendors like Saleslofter, Outreach, um, and others.
1: You get fine. You get fine with time, like wine.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, you, you if you survive that long, that means you're doing something right, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. usually the way it goes. <sighs> so, sales engagement is just really about helping the reps. Uh, reach out to every single lead. Gina, you said it. a lead is a lead is a lead. Damn it. You better follow up on it. So you're going to follow up every single rep. You're going to follow up as many times as required. 7, 12, 18, 31, whatever it is. And you're going to do it across multiple channels. Um, Phone, social, email, SMS, direct mail, whatever, video, whatever works because you don't know. Like Gina, let me ask you if, uh, if I was trying to get your attention, to get you to go on a date with me, okay. would I be better off to call you, email you, SMS you, ping you on social media? What's the best way to get um, get your digits? It
1: would be best to have your wife call me first to ask okay. if it's
0: okay. If I have her permission, what's the best way to do it? Or do you just want my wife instead? <laughs> because we're clear on this.
1: Um, like I tell all my clients, the best way to get me quickly is text.
0: Text. There you go. Yeah. I would have thought social. Rachel, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Text 100%. Text.
0: Okay, so there you go. So everybody's hiding behind email. How many people are using text? It should be. So multi channel mm-hmm. says, I'm going to try text and some email and some social and some phone and some direct mail and some video. And damn it, one of those methods is going to resonate with that individual recipient. Mm-hmm. That's what sales engagement is. So if you hear the, the term a sequence mm-hmm. or a cadence or a playbook That just means you're going to do like seven touches in seven days using, you know, two or three or four different types of channels. And you're going to call every freaking person. And every time someone new comes to you, you're going to call them within an hour or, or within five minutes. That's called speed to lead. That's what sales engagement does. So it can either eliminate CRM, the sales rep doesn't live in Salesforce, they live in VanillaSoft, or it can complement CRM. So you can use both. Um, and it just makes sure you're doing all the touches. So ten, basically it's like this. The marketers live in marketing automation. They do all the nurturing and they finally say, okay, this is marketing qualified. And then they give it to the SDRs or the BDRs. They would live in sales engagement. Typically and they do all the outreach and qualifications until they finally get it. And then once it's qualified, they would typically hand it off to the account executive who would live in CRM, like Salesforce, where an opportunity is made. And then the chase begins. That's a typical sales stack. That's what we do. That way we make sure we can double or triple your pipeline Mm -hmm. with no additional budget and no additional staff, simply because you're fricking calling every lead. You're calling them fast. You're calling them often. You're calling them across multiple channels. That's, that's it. That's what sales engagement is.
1: Love it. Thank you. And if if people wanted to know more about Vanilla Soft, where would they go?
0: They can go to VanillaSoft.com. They can go to LinkedIn and ping me. They can text me because my cell phone's on my profile on LinkedIn. Nice. They can call me. They can email me. all these And
1: options. they can call your wife.
0: And they can call my wife. My wife is Tracy. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. <laughs>
1: We've
0: been married for a while now. She's used to getting strange calls.
1: And with, with that being said, because it's time for us to start wrapping up. It's sad, but true. Because we have more leads to chase in a few minutes. Rachel has a couple of other questions for you before we let you go.
0: Do it, Rachel. Indeed, I do. She's got that little mischievous look about her. I know she Well,
2: oh, born that way. Uh, what how would you, Daryl, define the word sexy?
0: Somebody who is incredibly witty, intelligent, with a streak of smart assery in them,
1: also known as Gina.
2: I was about to there say, that go. sounds kind of like Gina. So you and I Tracy it, better have it out. So go
0: ahead. My, I, the reason I married my wife was because I said she was the first person who didn't put up with my shit, who kept me in line, and actually thought my jokes were funny. So all three of that was a home run, and I'm never going to do better than that. Now, it turns out she was also cute as hell. So that, that, that was helps. just bonus. But that bonus. So what you're important.
2: saying is that they need to find you to be witty. They don't actually have to be witty. Hmm.
0: No, but no, they need to be witty. They need to be. Witty. If they find me to be witty, that's just a bonus. But <laughs> uh, no, breathe. I don't need a sycophant. I need somebody I can laugh if they with. they
2: pretend you're witty. Yeah, witty, okay witty, witty people don't really like to be around people that just tell them how great they are. They want other witty people.
0: <laughs> my wife mocks me incessantly. Whenever I do my radio voice, she calls me. You'll see her in the background where Gina dog snores. My wife's in the background going Sunday, 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 like the monster truck rallies. So I love it. Uh, I love it. that's it.
2: kind of sexy. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever been given?
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, the best advice I've ever been given you probably have never heard this before is decisions are not made in meetings meetings are the confirmation of the decisions that were already made beforehand so if you want a decision to have an outcome of a, of, of a decision at a meeting, you need to work all the players and stakeholders before that meeting ever takes place and get them on board that rocked my world and changed my life because I used to go to meetings or sales calls thinking we were having a meeting and a decision was going to be made. And I would always get shot down. I'm like, but my, my, what I'm saying is the right solution is the right strategy, is the right approach. Why are we not doing this? And then I realized through the advice that Daryl, the decision was already made. So you need to get people on board, do it the stakeholders, get them, you know, get them advocating your behalf, make them, make them part of the decision-making process. feel like it's their idea factor in their inputs, all of that meetings are not where decisions are made.
2: Boom. Yeah. Take some time to process that Warner's. Yeah, that's a deep one. <laughs> I like it. We have not heard that one before. Last question is any advice you wish you had been given?
0: the, I had to figure this out myself. You think when you're going for a job interview that you're praying and hoping they hire you because you have bills to pay and you want to have a career. That's not the way this works. I mean, yes, it's the way it works, but it's not really the way it works. The way it really works is you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. So if there's any must haves, whether it's your work environment or your social beliefs or whatever it might be, you ask those questions during the interview. And if you don't like the answer, if your little butterflies are going off in your tummy, despite how attractive this job looks, how desperately you need this money, you you don't walk, you run away. From that opportunity. That is not the right job for you. And your life will be miserable while you're there if you take the job. And you will be already looking for your next job three months in, but it'll take you two years before it happens. And you'll just be a son of a bitch the whole time you're there. Miserable, not worth it. Life's too short. Mm -hmm. The job you take has got to work for you. There you
1: go. Awesome. Love it. Great advice from Daryl Prale with Vanilla Soft. And we hate to have to go.
0: But we have to go. We
1: have to go. So thanks for being here with us today.
0: Thank you for having me. My mom would not have warned me about you two. She would have said they're swell. Your
1: mom would have.
0: She would have said they got spunk. I like that. Your mom
1: would have hung out with us or we would
0: have. She would have gone drinking with you. Yes,
1: she would have.
0: She might have dropped an F-bomb with you guys. Yes. Yes. Like food and love. And
1: exactly. All the, apps, you know, all the good apps,
0: all the good apps, all well, the good apps. We got to
1: wrap up this episode. Say goodbye to Gerald. Thank you, Warners, for listening to this episode of the women your mother warned you about powered by sales gravy. And if you need to up your game and chase those leads and you're struggling, salesgravy.university is the place you want to go. Cause you can find me and Rachel there and you can find us at women, your mother you And you can find us at sales and you can find us on all the social media channels and you can find us visiting Daryl in Canada. So there are so many places that you can find us And uh, Rachel, any last words before we say, au revoir.
2: You can find us. I was trying to think of some kind of like Dr. Seuss. You can find us over here. You can find us over there. You can find us everywhere. everywhere. Yay! My final parting words would be if you found some value in this episode, then please share it with someone you know who might benefit from hearing us. And that way we can spread more love to more peeps.
1: Fantastic. All right. We're out of here, Warners. See ya. Awful high. Bye. This really will get serious soon. Yeah, don't, it, it doesn't have to. I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.